Welcome to episode 217 of the Thunder Underground podcast. Trent and Jason here as always. And this week, we've got Mark Slaughter. I don't know if you, I hate to, I hate to get dated and shit. But if you'd have told me when I was 14 that when I was 42, I would be talking about barbershop quartets with Mark Slaughter. Uh, to quote Lars Ulrich, I'd be like, what kind of drugs are, are you on? And can you share some of them with me? <laughs> right. Just saying. That's a good point. I feel the same way because, I mean, this was one of those bands, you know, from that era that came out right at the right time for us because. I think so. We were, what, 13, 14 when they debuted, really? Mm-hmm. You know, so just kind of one of the bands we latched onto, like Warren. And- yeah, and here. And here's something which I, to me, I really appreciated. I don't know why it's weird, but you know, this band came along. They had that sound, but they didn't. Uh, they had the look. They had the late '80s, early '90s look, but they weren't all made up like women, you know, like like uh, prostitutes in a brothel, like you know, <laughs> Poison and Pretty Boy Floyd were or whatever, right? Um, and for some reason that resonated with me. Um, well, cause they came out just slightly after just, that. Cause you know, yeah, Poison had already changed their look by that point. Exactly. And so many Warren people, all those bands that say already... 80s bands, but guess what? Slaughter's record, their first record didn't come out till 1990. That's right. So go ahead. See that dick over there. You need to go eat it <laughs> and deal with that. Yeah. And that blanket term 80s bands. Throw, you throw in Slaughter or Firehouse, who al- Steelheart albums that debuted in 1990. Yeah, exactly. And then, like, you know, even Jackal gets thrown in there, and they didn't uh-huh. debut till 92. No shit. And so it's just like, what do you do? <laughs> um, but no, I think. I call it rock and roll. That's right. That's right. You do call it rock and roll. There's no 80s about it. There's no 90s about it. There's rock and roll. You're exactly goddamn right. And there's no, to this day, um, I don't listen to Slaughter or Firehouse or Jackal and think, man, just some of the best 80s music ever. <laughs> I think this is some of the best rock and roll ever. This is the some of the best hard rock ever. And, you know, if you have a problem with that, email us because I'll email you back all day long and remind you how you're wrong. <laughs> so underground at gmail.com. Exactly. Or message on facebook whatever yeah you know whatever way you want to get schooled we'll school you in it so just just do it whatever right. well we're going to talk some more about slaughter but first we gotta let you know we're sponsored by deb concerts and med farm med farm is a new dispensary in the broken arrow area which is a suburb here of tulsa they have a huge selection that if you go in and you tell them that you heard about us, heard about them here from us. Mm-hmm. They'll give you 10% off your first order, which is pretty amazing. They also follow them on Facebook because they run a lot of specials where I've seen them say when you, if you're in the, the building while Robin Sparkles is playing, and I've seen them say that about a few other songs, you'll get 20% off. Really? Yeah, it's just, it's pretty awesome. And it's always random stuff like Robin Sparkles and shit that like no one. Who I love, but most people are like, who the fuck is Robin Sparkles? But, you, know. I, you know what? I, I, Dude, I agree. There is, you know, there's few things in this world that can be classified as a shot of life. But Robin Sparkles is one of them. That's right. I will give you that one. Yes, sir. 
But yeah, if you follow him on Facebook, that's Med P H A R M. You can also follow him on Instagram at MedFarmOK. Okay. They have a doctor on site every Friday and Saturday from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. if you need to get a card. And the best part of everything is that 30% of their profits go to help build no-kill animal shelters, which is a huge thing. They also That's another thing they also post a lot about. You know, they're dog-friendly, people bringing in their dogs while they're shopping and everything. That's right. That's so, right. So, yeah. I mean... I just think Merck could have went in that place. I know. I know. Rest his soul. Um, and, and that's the thing is, you know, they're, 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 they're working towards no kill animal shelters. I mean, I love it. Yeah. Um, and you know me, I know you, we're all about the animals, all about the pets. So, I mean, this is the place to, uh, to frequent. That's right. So look them up and follow them and tell them that we sent you. Of course. Also DEB concerts. They have been bringing in great shows to the IDL ballroom in Tulsa, Oklahoma for quite a while. Bands like Saxon, Steelheart, Warrant, Striper, Sebastian Bach, Tom Kiefer. A huge long list, and they've announced that there will be more show announcements soon. They actually just did the other day that should, there should be an announcement coming soon. Yeah, there's more rock stuff coming. Yeah. But in the meantime, they also have a show coming to the BOK Center. Mm-hmm. Snoop Dogg, Nelly, and Chromio, which will be April 12th at the BOK Center. And we've mentioned every week, you know, this is a great thing because this just helps expand their brand and helps expand what they're doing. Exactly. There's nothing wrong with diversity. There's nothing wrong with growing and getting bigger. That's right. Yeah. So if you want to go check out this show at the BOK Center, just hit up Ticketmaster.com. It's that simple. That's right. Or I'm sure you can go to the BOK box office. To see Snoop Dogg and Nelly, and there you go. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I, you know me. I'm not a rap fan, but the thing is, is it it doesn't that doesn't matter, right? You can be a Snoop Dogg fan. I mean, that's part of America, right? And when I'm on my social media and I'm flipping through Instagram or Facebook, and you see Snoop Dogg's message that starts out with "What up, Tulsa." I just immediately get proud. Right. So, you know, I hope everyone goes to the show. Everyone checks it out. It's just, it's a good thing. It's a positive thing. That's right. And DEB Concerts booked all the acts for the Rocklahoma stage, the DNB Processing stage this year at Rocklahoma. Yeah. This is our third year sponsoring the stage. Bands like Slaughter. Mark Slaughter, who we're interviewing this week. That's right. We'll be out there on the pre-party Thursday night, along with Strutter, who is a Kiss tribute band. Poster Child will also be that night. Some of the other headliners are Ace fucking Freely. That's pretty amazing. What the fuck? Yeah. We've also got Lita Ford, and we've got Bisto Blanco. Holy shit. Those are all great headliners out there for that stage. There will also be bands like The Normandies, Zen Hipster, Solidify, Grind. Dead Metal Society, Down for Five, Rocket Science, Doxy, um, First Strike. Yeah, First Strike. Driver. And, and Driver. Yeah. Two bands that Mr. Mike DiPetrillo played the drums for. We we saw Mr. Mike DiPetrillo earlier today. That's right. Yeah, out there at the Brady. And we'll get to that later on, maybe in another episode, but <laughs> whatever. Right. <laughs> 
We've also got Charlie Bonnet and the Falcon Gas Holes. We've got, I never did look that up if he's related to Graham Bonnet. But. I, I looked him up. He's great shit. The greatest fucking name in the world. Oh, yeah. Come on. Yeah. But there's a ton more acts out there. And one of the acts that will be out there is the Midnight Devils. Yes. And we're just going to play some Midnight Devils right now. Goddamn right we are. All right. Here is Memphis Mile. <laughs>
Memphis Mile from the Midnight Devils and their album Something Bigger. I'm telling you, if that doesn't want to make you eat some unballed 80s pussy, I don't know what does. What the hell? <laughs> That's the most random. <laughs> but come on, right? That's right. I love it. Yeah. How can you That's not? not a bad thing. No, I know, but I'm just saying that's just hilarious because that's out of nowhere. But that's what I do. That's what I do. I'm sure that Sam and Chris and Jimmy will love that comment anyway. So I hope so. Yeah. And we know we'll see them. We see them every year. Yeah. Yeah, they're one of the highlights. Like, listen, if you have not seen these guys or you're just not familiar with it, you have to see these guys live. Yeah, They're really one of the, like, every, you know, the last two years, three years, because they've played last year with Midnight Devils, a couple years before that, two years in a row with 3D, 3D Interface. Yeah. And they put on one of the best live shows that's just full of energy. And, I mean, you hear in that song, Chris Heinlein is just a fucking beast on the fucking guitar. Uh, and, and, All three of these guys are amazing. And, I, you know, I hate to get trunkish for a minute. I really do. You're it. I've known these guys for a while. Head goes down. <laughs> but we see them every year at Rocklahoma. We got to do a podcast with them one year. They're, they're great guys, huh? We've done it. Well, the second time was we did it over Skype, remember? That's right. Well, uh, yes, I know, but I, I was I just saying, saying at Rocklahoma yeah. itself. And there's one year. We saw them, and, and then I think it was the Skype one. They're like, dude. Were you okay? You weren't all the way there, were you? And I'm like, no, I wasn't. Thank you for recognizing that and giving me a break. Because <laughs> it was Rocklahoma. So these guys know what, what is up. We know what's up. And uh, it's just, it's great that we can keep this uh, rapport going with those guys. That's sure. right. Yeah, check out their album, Something Bigger. They will be out there, like we said, at Rocklahoma. Rocklahoma is May 23rd, 24th, 25th, and 26th. Yes, and you know what? Another band that will be there on that stage is in Hipster, who ties into oh, yeah, what that's we something, need to talk about Yeah, we right definitely now. need to talk about that. That's exactly right. This weekend, this Sunday afternoon, at the Venue Shrine in Tulsa, Oklahoma, is the benefit for The Bachelor. Yes. Josh Baker... Is the bachelor in question here? That is because he has the bachelor's table food truck. He is also the drummer for Zen Hipster, which this man right here next to me is also in the band as well. Thank you. Yeah. And, uh, you know, as, as a lot of you may know, um, probably about mm, a few weeks ago, a month ago, Josh was in an unfortunate accident on the job. And um, really needs our help. Um, and uh, we're kind of banding together to raise some money and raise some awareness for what Josh is going through. And uh, April 7th at the Shrine, um, we've got a lot of bands lined up. Raffles, um, silent auction, um, so much stuff going on. And it's all to help Josh out, all to help his metal, medical expenses, excuse me. And um, and it, it's going to be a great day. It's, you know, it's about 
two o'clock to about nine o'clock. You know, no one has to stay late. There's no reason to not come out and show your support and uh, help Josh out. Yeah. Like you said, there's going to be auction, a silent auction. There's going to be raffles. Their raffle is going to include things like two tickets to Rocklahoma. Exactly. That are good for all four days. Totally. Thanks to Doug at DB Concerts. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. There will also be a raffle. Like the list for things on the raffle is pretty long now. You know, but we've got two tickets to Dude, Jim Brewer. you've got so much stuff. It's awesome. Yeah, I mean, you just, you know, you can look at the event page. You get out there, there'll be a list of stuff. You know, but there's $100 gift certificates to a bunch of places. Mm-hmm. Fat Phillies, Sunset Tattoo. Um, There's been a donation from Marshall Brewing for the silent auction that's going to include a private tour and private guided tasting of all their beers for six people. Like I said, Jim Brewer tickets. There's the Nixons sent over an autographed yeah. vinyl and CD. This sent yeah. so much stuff. Yeah. And then there's going to be other down for five is donated an autographed guitar. Let's let the dogs donated an autographed bass. There's a huge long list. Like I said, go to the event page. You can see all the stuff and all the profits that we make off the the auction and the raffle, everything, like Jason said, is going straight to Josh. Everything from the door goes straight to Josh, which is only five bucks. So that'll get you in there to see eight great bands. And you can also buy food from Vitter's Catering, which will be out there serving it out of the bachelor's table yeah, truck. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, Josh, um, Vitt, and Maggie will be serving food. And I promise you, I'm not just saying this, it will be amazing. Dude, this shit is great. Yeah. It's so good. And why don't you... Uh, Tell everybody what bands are playing. Okay. This thing will be kicked off by Steve Liddell. Mm-hmm. And if you're not familiar with Steve Liddell, I don't know where the fuck you've been. This guy's yeah. been around for quite a while in Tulsa. He's a fantastic artist, and he's going to be performing well, by yeah. himself. Long-time friend. Glad yeah. that he's he's playing with us. It's going to be awesome. Yeah, and we will also, after him, have the debut performance from Dead Union, which features Andy from... Fist of Rage. It also features Chris from Porch Talk. So this this is really cool because you're getting a debut performance from someone. Yeah. Then we've also got sets from Tony Romanello and the Black Jackets, another longtime we, friend yeah, of Zen Hipster we, and Josh's. Oh, yeah. We gigged with him so many times back in the day. Right. Can't wait. Then we've got, like we mentioned earlier on the, the autograph base, Let's Slip the Dogs, who've been on this podcast before. Phenomenal trio. Three phenomenal musicians. You don't want to miss that. We've also got Weston Horn and the Hush, who, as we've talked about many times over the last few months, these guys are a sight to behold. You know, they're doing something that's original, in my opinion. That's and right. It's that's just, right. you know, what, there's like eight of them. It's just fantastic. Yeah. It's just a great time and good vibe. And, and their drummer, Matt Donaldson. Right. Which, you know, he produced uh, all of our shit back in the day. Yeah. Um, and he was just such a great coach in everything that had to do with music and the scene in Tulsa. And to have him involved is a complete honor. That's right. And he's a good friend of Josh's. Yes. Andy yeah, exactly. Owns yeah. Drum World. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, it just makes sense. That's right. Murderous Mary, who we've talked about countless times Definitely. since they debuted. Yes. Another phenomenal drummer that I know Josh is a big fan of, and Michael Davis. Michael Davis, yeah. And then we've got 
Modern Myth. Modern Myth. Another band that's been around here for two or three years, but, you know, dating way back. I know Josh is good friends with the drummer of that band, Jake. And well, they just, were called the Dawn Armada. Yeah. You guys might remember. That's right. It's Modern Myth now, and it's different. but Different it's still, sound. Yeah. yeah. You know. And then the capper here is in Hipster. Yeah, I mean we're 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 gonna do a set, and you know, um, we're we're honored, and it's it's gonna be a great it's gonna be a great day. Yeah, I I I would love to see everybody there, um, just everybody being generous. Um, Josh needs our help, and let's just lift them up. Yeah, I mean, even if it's not something you can come out and spend money on an auction or a raffle. It's only five bucks to get in the door, and that right there is going to Josh, too. So exactly. everything helps. Yeah. And, you know, there's been, this is, will be the third benefit that's exactly. happened for him in the past couple of weeks. And we were out at the one that Fuel 66 put on that a lot of the people in the food truck community kind of put together. And that was a great event. Yeah. And then there was one at the Looney Bin. It focused on comedy. So even though there's been three events, they've all kind of focused on different things. Ours, of course, is focusing on music. So definitely. So yeah, April 7th, this Sunday, doors open, doors at two, shows at three, and it'll be over by about nine o'clock. That's right. That's right. You, you, you'll be, you'll be home in time to get some great sleep for Monday morning. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So slaughter. You know, we kind of talked about them up front, but, you know, this is one of those bands that definitely had a sound of that era, but also they had some heavier stuff. And, yes. you know, when you think of songs like Burning Bridges or Eye to Eye, later, you know, the second album, Reach for the Sky, the opening track. Oh, to me, man. when you hear that song, that almost sounds like Dio era Sabbath to me. That's what I, I really, when I listen to, it's funny you say that. When I listen to a lot of the Slaughter Deep cuts, I listen to some Mark Slaughter solo stuff, I get a real Dio vibe. I mean, there's a real, it's not like a thrash metal or, a you know, real heavy, but it's just that classic metal vibe. Yeah. And you hear that on, like you said, his solo stuff. He's had two solo albums, the newest one halfway there that came out in 2017, has a few songs on there that... That you know get pretty heavy. Yeah, he gets to some heavy stuff. I mean, I I don't want people to to just rest on this. You need to check this out. Yeah, yeah, and I'm just like you know, kind of like we're talking about what we loved about this band. You know, one of my first memories was, you know, Stick It To You came out, and then not long after that, Stick It Live, and I had both those, and I had remember cause singles, of course, we all had course, those. Yeah. Like one of my. Memories of buying a Kissingle was about to spend my life Kissingle. And the flip side was She Wants More. Oh, my God. And, and I think I got that right before I got the album. And that's still one of my favorite. I don't even think you, I don't even know if you can call Spend My Life a power ballad because it's kind of fast in mm -hmm. a way. But it still has that, that no, dude, vibe. Spend My Life is, it's just one of my favorite. You can't go wrong with that song. Yeah. It's just like it, a perfect song from that time period. And like you is, said earlier, it stands up today, you know. Oh, yeah. It's as Jerry Miller would put it, a groove-laden rocker. I'm glad you got Jerry Miller inserted into the song. Well, goddamn. <laughs> Here's Mark Slaughter.
Yeah, well, it's it's one of those things, even though that, you know, we're actually shaking it up a little bit and there's players that are, you know, some guys are playing with Vince and some guys are playing with me. And it's kind of a hodgepodge of different things, but uh, it's uh, I'm looking forward to it. Looking forward to Look, Vince and I have known each other a long time and, and uh, you know, it's uh, it'll be nice to jam with them. When you do the shows that are an evening with Mark Slaughter, how does that differ from a slaughter show outside of the obvious, like the band members? Mm, I, sometimes it just depends if it's intimate. It's usually me with an acoustic guitar. Um, that gets to be pretty uh, involved, meaning that I usually uh, have a lot of uh, different things that I, I do in that side, meaning I use a looping station and, and backgrounds and I use a goading guitar, which has a multi-act you know, not to get technical on it, but, uh, you know, I can use like an orchestra and run strings behind it. So it's a pretty different type of, uh, of acoustic performance on, on the intimate side. And there's the solo band that's, uh, different, different, uh, people, but, uh, it's, it's always quality players. I always make sure I have great guys with me. Your record halfway there. I mean, uh, I was so impressed by that record. I mean, reckless is epic and the title track is like an anthem you really tapped into some, some heavier stuff going on there. Uh, talk about the inspiration for that record. Well, I mean, I think that what most people don't realize is, you know, first and foremost, you know, years ago I was a guitar teacher. And, uh, you know, I think that as I get older, I have more time. My kids are grown, so I'm able to sit around and kind of, you know, get back into the saddle of playing as much as I used to when I was younger. And I'm having a blast with it. You know, I'm just enjoying making music and, and recording and knocking it all out. Um, you know, I was into a lot of heavy music, but I've always had a sense of, of melody to what I do. Even if it's heavy, I still try to have a, a sense of melody. And uh, instead of just like, you know, just slamming heavy riff, heavy riff, heavy riff. So I think that's probably the difference of, uh, you know, of how I approach it as an artist and even on the heavier stuff. Yeah, I mean, you know, no matter what, you got to have a hook. Yeah, I mean, I, I always try to make it to where there's something that people can walk away, you know, humming in their head or or that, you know, that resonates. I mean, music really is, as I said it so many times, it's, it's a soundtrack of our lives or all the music that, that we've all listened to, whether it be Maiden or, or, you know, Zeppelin or Sabbath or Brian Adams or whoever it is. There's those songs resonate in, in feelings and things that happen in our lives. And I think that what I always try to do is write songs that I think can match up to what people are going through or, or, you know, even in my own life, if I don't, if I don't get it, people aren't going to get it. So, you know, I really try to write for all the above. Well, besides like say writing by yourself without members of slaughter, like how did this process differ of these last couple solo albums than back when you guys were putting out music? Well, Dana and I, I, I mean, what a lot of people don't realize is that Dana and I produced those records and, and wrote those records. We're the only band from our genre that wrote, produced, and still perform those songs to this day. Um, you know, so we're, you know, we're kind of a, an oddity in that time frame. I mean, everybody has a studio nowadays, but we were, we were hands-on all the way to, across the board. And, uh, in that, I think that's probably uh, the difference. It was Dana and I writing it and, and uh, you know, assembling the songs and making sure it connected the way we wanted it to. We had great players. Bloss and Tim were awesome. And, uh, you know, it's 
it's one of those things that, you know, there's a magic when you do it in a band and that side of it, when you're in the studio and when you're doing it by yourself, then you start thinking it's like an objective outside yourself. You put it down and then, you know, as a producer engineer and the performer on my records, I always come back and go, okay, now how is that really, you know, I have to step outside myself and really criticize myself to make sure that it's, you know, to, to par of what I'd want, you know, somebody else's record to be. Was ever was ever a confrontation with the labels about uh, producing it yourselves or them wanting to bring in someone else? Well, they did on the first record uh, for Slaughter. Yes, they did. They said, you know, we're gonna we'd like to you know you to hook up with a producer and da 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 da. And we said, listen, if you if you don't want us to do it ourselves, then why don't you just drop us? Because there's plenty of other labels that will would love to have our production. In fact, we had meetings with you know several big labels, including Warner, um, who said, you know, if you guys get off the label, we'll we'll be right there. And and Crystal said, you know what, you guys are right. Just go ahead and do your thing. I love we love your demos and and you know make sure that the songs are there. And they really gave us the freedom uh, to do what we wanted to do and to you know kind of what I'm doing right now, except by myself. Um, and that's that's a key point is really giving us the freedom to 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 make the records and steer it the way we want it. Last year we had Dave Elfson on here and he talked a lot about how they were wanting to make EMP feel like approach it the way that labels used to be approached. Like how has it been working with with that label? Well, I mean, it's it, you know Dave's a great guy. Tom has a lot of passion there and. And you know, there's a lot of passion. Unfortunately, the this, the sad part of the music industry is it's changing. It's now turning to complete streaming, and it's changing to where the actual physical copies are leaning more towards vinyl than anything, and CD sales are plummeting. In fact, you can't even go into a Best Buy and hardly get a CD, and every CD-ROM that you get in a computer is no longer there. You buy a new car, there's no CD player. So really... It's going to be the cassette tape of the next generation here. And, and so there is no physical product that people will be buying except for the, you know, those, you know, those fans that really want the physical piece. So that's changed a lot. You know, that changes a lot of the dynamics of how labels work and it changes the dynamics of how people will see it. Right. Well, we mentioned, Rocklahoma out the gate. Like you guys have played Rocklahoma before. You played, you know, other festivals, M3, cruises, that kind of thing. Have you noticed an uptick and a resurgence and, you know, maybe crowd crowds at other shows outside of that because of these festivals? I don't know if it's because of the festivals or the fact that, you know, music trends up and down. Um, and, and, you know, it's no different than, you know, it, one minute is really hot, the next minute it's not. And that's just how, that's the secular activity of all, you know, of all music. Um, so, you know, right now it's pretty hot. Um, there's, there's a lot of festivals, you know, every year we've been doing festivals, even in Europe. And, uh, it, it you know, you never know where your next, uh, show is going to be coming from. Um, and where it's going to be. I mean, it's like joining the army. Are you available on in, in May 6th? Because there's a show and then you go, yep. And then you're, you're off and going. So, um, but it's, you know, is it any different from the, from the 
festivals. I know Rocklahoma really wasn't doing some of the of our genre for a bit, and they were doing a little bit heavier stuff. So again, as I'm saying, it does change every every year is a little bit different than the other one. We've noticed we've seen you guys a few times. Um, you know, you, you always like to walk through the crowd while performing. Does anything crazy ever happen? Anyone held on a little bit too long or anything like that? <laughs> um, yeah, I've, I've actually had it to where I couldn't get back to the to the stage in time to do the next song, you know, and you know, that, that turns into some pretty exciting jams, you know, to, to in between, but uh, you know, it's, it's, it's fun, man. I think that, you know, Slaughter's always been, you know, a people's band is never, we never really, you know, we never saw ourselves as rock stars or any of that stuff. We're just the guys next door like to play music, you know, you know, and uh, you know, if you look at it in the, side of you know like how sammy hager is in that side I, I think of us as this you know the same type of animal we're just we just like to be there when the party's happening forgive me if i'm wrong about this but i i think that i read at the first rock home in 2007 you had put together a band because the other members of slaughter were performing with vince Neil, and i read that you put it together like on real short notice is that true? Yeah, yeah. like is that yeah, yeah is it hard doing that like finding three people that you would trust to put on a show that you're, you think. Well, I, I think it's, I think there's a lot of specialized musicians that do this really good. I mean, you know, there's a lot of great players out there and, uh, is it hard to, no, I don't think of it as hard to, I, I think it's just, uh, you do it in necessity of, you know, it's work and you look at it of not damaging the the brand of what we do is the key point that, that I think that we're even doing right now is we really try to keep the integrity of what people knew and love. So um, it was a way of getting the songs out there and, and uh, you know, in, in different forms, I think it works in different sides. You know, I, I think people still want to see the real band, you know, it is what it is. You know, back to your, back to your solo albums, you know, you're an accomplished player. Um, was there anything though that you took away from, you know, Tim and Jeff, uh, to help you with your own uh, in the studio to help you with your own material. Well, I, I think that what you do, what you do take from playing with players for a lot of years is you you hear their style in your head because you've been on stage and you've heard it so much, so you start hearing it the way somebody would approach it, um, and and that's you know I'd be lying to say that that you know, whatever you hear doesn't influence you as a player. So, you know, Tim was, um, you know, he had a certain way that he played and Jeff has a different way that he plays, but both are good and both are, are, are very, uh, how should I say it, very, very believable and great players. So, you know, of course it's going to influence me. Stepping away from the guitar, talking about your voice, what have you done throughout the years to maintain that voice and not, not lose it? Um, well, you know, I've never been much of a partier in that side, you know, I'll have a couple shots of tequila at the most around, around the show, but I've never been a drinker. I've never been a smoker and I've, I drink a lot of water, stay hydrated. That's a key point for any singer. Um, the best thing also, you have to get eight hours of sleep as a singer. So there's a lot of things that biologically you have to, uh, do to actually keep your, you know, your, your body you know, in check. So, 
It's a little bit different that, you know, for singers and as a guitar player because they can party all night and the only thing they have to do is wiggle their fingers the next day because they don't have to worry about, you know, right. that getting tired. You know, it just doesn't happen, you know. So uh, I think that's the key point is I really am conscious of, you know, I, I got to crash. I got to I got to go be quiet, not talk and really uh, focus on what I need to focus in on. You know, when you were starting out, uh, what came first was a guitar or when did you know that, you know, you wanted to sing as well? You know, it's it's been uh, it's been uh, uh, two different sides. I mean, I sang when I was a really young child. Um, in fifth grade, I, I had two teachers who played acoustic guitar and played folk guitar, you know, and, and sang. So it was kind of like in the hippie movement of the of the 70s. You know what I mean? <laughs> so I, I was kind of exposed to that folk aspect or, or you know, even the, the finger picking style. Well, kind of like what Jimmy Page did. And later on, I thought, wow, that guy's doing what I do here. And. I got into rock guitar and I, I got electric guitar and, and then I played in a jazz band in school and, you know, all these different influences just kept, cre- you know, creeping in. Then when I got into the next phase in school, I got into the choirs and, and sang a lot. So, you know, there wasn't any musical, uh, there wasn't any musical class that I didn't take, uh, you know, that I couldn't take. Uh, except for girls' glee, I couldn't do that. But every other thing I actually did in in school, I was voted most musical on that side because I just I was in it, you know, mm-hmm. submerged. Yeah, I think that diversity so, helps and kind of spreads you out, really, too. It does, it does. And you know, when I was a young kid too, I, I did some uh, I did some barbershop harmonies. I don't know if you know what that is, but like barbershop <laughs> quartets. They, they, there's there was a, a big men's choir called the gambleers and these old guys would meet up on a wednesday night at seven o'clock and and we just sing and you know i was a first tenor so you know i'm a natural first tenor obviously with my high voice so they loved me and they put me all over it and i got a chance to to perform with these guys in some of the big halls around vegas and and you know, that sense of harmony is really you know all these different things that i was doing as a kid i hear harmonies i hear chord structures and i hear things differently than a lot of just a straight up rock musician would and understand the theory behind it as well as you know just naturally and and driven towards that so i think that's another part of this very different uh, of what i do as a musician yeah yeah barbershop that's that's no joke You, you had to be really on point with that stuff yeah, yeah, and, and the other side of it is, is is there's clashes. You know, there's there's the natural clash, and um, there's you know dominant sevens and suspended fourths and seconds and all that stuff. And, and it's like embracing these things that are not typical in rock music until you start to you start to do that and you start to hear a few things that go on in the background. It's kind of usually a lot of times they'll pull it back and you feel it more than you really notice it, you know, like 10 CCs, uh, you know, uh, I'm not in love, you know, there's a lot of clashes in that, but that's, it's, it's beautiful in the way they did that. It was just amazing. Well, being so accomplished as a vocalist and as a guitarist, whenever you were at that point as a singer, did you find yourself like not really slacking off, but kind of like stepping away from the guitar for a bit and then you came back later or how did that work? 
Well, when I got the, you know, I was teaching guitar and I got the call that, you know, that Vinny was, you know, looking for a singer. And ultimately I said, uh, yeah. So I put my guitar in a stand. I said goodbye to, you know, I taught about 279 lessons a month was what I did. Wow. So um, that's what my guitar was. And I literally, you know, put the guitar in a stand and I'm a lead singer opening up for, you know, legendary Alice Cooper and Iron Maiden. So, I mean, here's two, two acts. I love their music. I grew up in their music and, and, you know, I'm, I'm sharing the stage with them, but it was freaking awesome, you know, but, but it was very different for me because, you know, first off it was glammed out of my tree. I was singing a record that had already been recorded and I was 22 years old at the time. And I mean, I, I know if you look at 21, 22 years old, I mean, it's pretty young. And, you know, if you look at the kids outside, I was, I was a snot nosed kid up there doing it. So it was pretty cool, you know? It was pretty cool. What's next for you as far as, uh, you know, new material and, and uh, just shows? Yeah, shows, new material. And I think that, you know, it's a singles world. I think it might be more of putting, you know, songs out uh, one at a time instead of a full record. Um, you know, I, I don't know. I, I think everybody in this industry is trying to define it and figure out how to do it. But you know, one thing for sure I still love making music. I still have a love for, for songs and and uh, creating those memories. So it's like, I really don't have the answer what I'm going to do. It's a music business, but it's also an art form, which an artist makes art. So however I can make the art and, and get it to the people the best way of what makes sense, that's what I'll be doing. i got to ask this, just since we have your one of those singles, any chance of it being slaughtered? Uh, one of the singles? You know, we actually have a song or two that we've written, nice. but we've never put out. Okay. And I think it really is one of those things of getting everybody together to say, okay, let's track this song. Let's do this song. Let's record this song. And, uh, um, you know, I, I think that's one of the things that, that – you know, in the, as your life, and I'm sure it is the same thing for you guys, that your life becomes a little bit more hectic with things you got to do and trying to get out of your zone is a little bit more difficult. And, uh, so I'm open for it. I'm ready to go. It's just really getting these guys, you know, um, from their everyday stuff to, uh, be able to connect and do it. Definitely. Well, man, we look forward to seeing you at Rocklahoma and we appreciate you taking the time to do this. Well, I'm I'm very thankful, and you know, there's going to be some new singles coming your way. So, you know, keep your your ears and eyes open. And uh, um, in the meantime, I'll probably see you guys there. And thanks for your belief in in rock and roll, not just what I do, but for what you guys do. I, I appreciate the passion, and you know, certainly it's it's what we all share. And you know, a lot of good times have have been had by all this music for everybody. You know, absolutely. Well, thank you very much. Yeah, for sure. Well, thank you. I appreciate your time, guys, and uh, hope you have a great day. We'll see you in Oklahoma. There you go, Mark Slaughter of Slaughter. A huge thank you to Jody Best at Best Bet Promotions, and of course to Mark Slaughter for taking the time out of his day to do that. Oh, for sure. I mean, that was a legit honor. I mean, That's it right. really was. Uh, like I said before, I mean, when if you'd have told me, you know, when I was, anyways, and that doesn't even matter. You know, when I was 14 or 15, because 
never, ever stopped liking this band. Right. With so many of our friends and people we talked to, oh, yeah, I remember that band I loved when I was in high school or something, or middle school. Now, fuck you. I mean, <laughs> we never stopped, because we always knew there was legit stuff coming. So, yeah. It, it, you it never was, dug into those Slaughter albums after The Wildlife, like Fear No Evil, and the, what was the one after? Revolution. Revolution, yeah. Revolution was so good. Yeah, both those If you don't great. know that, then, I don't know, fuck you. I mean, it's just stupid um, that you don't know that, because that was a great record. So, and, and check out Halfway There. Um, it was a solo out record that Mark put out in 2017. So good. It's got some heavy stuff on there. Do yourself a favor. Um, you will, and then you'll be like, oh, thanks, guys. You'll be emailing us like, holy shit, you guys are right. Right. <clears throat> but once again, we will see them at Rocklahoma, May 23rd, the pre-show night. Slaughter will be headlining that night. They're on the yeah. DMB processing stage inside the grounds there at Rocklahoma. So really looking forward to that. And that's another thing if you haven't seen Slaughter live. I mean, Dana Strum has always been awesome. Jeff Blando is a freaking beast on the guitar. And then people walk away from talking about when they see Slaughter, not only the fact that, you know, Mark Slaughter still sounds awesome, is this yes. guy, on, who's this guy on the drums, you know? Zoltan and Chaney. Yeah, Zoltan Chaney is a freaking madman. He's mm. just one of those guys that, like, you can't take your eyes off. It's like a show in itself. He'll play with his feet. He'll do a backflip, whatever he's going to do. That's right. So, yes, check him out if you get the chance ever to see Vince Neil live or Slaughter live. You won't regret seeing Zoltan. And we're really looking forward to Rocklahoma this year because of that. And like we played earlier, the Midnight Devils and all the other great stuff we've talked about. That's right. So if this is your first time checking us out, we've got 200 and what now 16 episodes previous to this that you can check out yeah and if you like slaughter let's see there you might be a fan oh, of kicks we had on three of the members of kicks actually all five of them all five chimed, of them really if you chimed want to get, in you get crazy point. that's right <clears throat> then we had on both tracy guns and phil lewis from la guns talk about stand-up dudes yeah that was awesome nice as fuck yeah. frank cannon from tesla we've had on Steve Blaze from Lillian Axe. We've had on Joey Allen from Warrant. We've had on Ian Hogland from Europe. Mark Guest Scott from Trickster. Bill Leverty from Firehouse. Chris McCarvel from Dokken. Um, Mark Torian. Yeah, from the Bullet Boys. Bullet Boys. Uh, Chris Green from Taiketo. That's right. And man, that guy's an underrated oh, force man. in the musical. That guy's a guitar fucking powerhouse. That's right. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I'm sure there's a few others from that era that I'm forgetting. Yeah. But we've also had on guys like Gene Simmons from Kiss, Bruce Kulik, Megadeth, Seven Dust, Prong, Shinedown, Shooter Jennings, Saving Abel, Sons of Texas. Clutch, Candlebox, Crowbar, The Obsessed, George Taylor's Insight. Uh, it, it just goes on and on. That's right. So dig back through there, soundcloud.com backslash thunderdash underground. You can find us pretty much anywhere that you can hear podcasts. You can also listen to us every Monday night at 7 p.m. Central on 1027wsnr.com. And thethunderunderground.com is our website where pretty much everything is at. You can listen to the podcast. You can find our social media links. Follow us and like us on all those as well. 
Thanks again to Mark Slaughter, Medfarm, and DEB Concerts. And until next time. Thunder Underground, y'all.